three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 422. Welcome in. I got a good show today. And I want to start with this. On Thursday Night Football, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Saints 27-17. to And I, I want to start by just giving credit to the NFL scheduling, by the way. Uh, both teams played a week ago on Thanksgiving. Uh, that's back-to-back Thursday Night Games. I like this because it didn't give either team an advantage with preparation. It had an equal amount of time to prepare a full week to get ready for this game. I love that. It's very rare for a Thursday Night Game to have both teams have seven days to prepare for that. That's It's rare. It's cool. I like that now. The number one story from this game was New Orleans Saints quarterback Taysom Hill. He just got a big contract extension. He's trying to prove that he can become the Saints franchise quarterback or their starting quarterback in any you know respective way. And, uh, oh boy, he threw four interceptions. It was not a good game. I don't really know how uh, you can qualify it as good in any way. He was 19 for 41 passing. That's a 46% completion percentage. He threw uh, two touchdowns, four interceptions, and had 264 yards passing. He did run for 101 yards out of 11 carries. Had a nice run at the middle where he hurdled somebody. It's pretty cool. Again, overall, though, I, I don't. There's really no other way to put it other than to say that this was a bad performance for Taysom Hill. And I do want to say, like, let's get the excuses out of the way. In fairness, you know, the Saints are. Missing both of their starting offensive tackles. Their star running back, Alvin Kamara, was out. Their top receiver, Michael Thomas, isn't playing. And it seems like he doesn't even want to be there, by the way, New Orleans. He's like, hey, Drew Brees is gone. I'm out. I don't want to be here. The Saints offense is not at full strength. And then on top of that, Taysom Hill, he did hit his throwing hand and was a little bit banged up with his throwing hand throughout the entire game. And I felt like I should mention all of the I, like excuses is a harsh word, but it's like all the little qualifying factors that people will say, well, he didn't have an offensive line. He didn't have this. He, he, yeah, sure. This was not the Saints offense at full strength. But the reality is that Taysom Hill did not look like a starting quarterback in the NFL on Thursday night against Dallas and, and watching Trevor Simeon and then Taysom Hill. It really just gave me a lot of respect and kind of gave me perspective on and appreciate Jameis Winston and the way he played as the Saints starting quarterback before he tore his ACL earlier this year. And I've seen enough now of Taysom Hill between this start, some of the games he's played in the past. I know it's it's not going to happen. I, I, I like Taysom Hill. He's a good story. He's a cool gadget player. He got a, a big contract and I, I'm happy. The guy got paid like for his sake. I'm happy. I don't really understand why he got a contract extension. I I, I, you know, the Saints kind of, they made, they laid the groundwork for him. If he became the starting quarterback, they get a bunch of incentives. I can't imagine he's going to hit any of those incentives. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be the Saints starting quarterback. Like, not really. And, um, I mean, decision-making aside, he doesn't even throw the ball well enough to become, like, the, the arm talent of Jameis Winston compared to Taysom Hill isn't even close. Like, I don't even know, like, he had a wide-open touchdown pass to Traquan Smith. What it should have been a touchdown, and he just totally missed. He threw the ball in the dirt, and you're like, "Ooh, that's not that's not an NFL throw." Like you, you can't miss that. He's open by five yards, you know, down the left side. That's got to be a touchdown, and he missed it. And it, I feel like over and over again, we saw examples of Taysom Hill 
He's lacking in arm talent, not a, a great amount of accuracy. Like, he runs the ball well, and that's great, but he's a quarterback. you got to be able to throw the ball first and foremost, and he doesn't do it at a high enough level. Not to mention, again, he got picked off four times in this game. Now, uh, that's that's three drives in a row in the fourth quarter he got picked off. The final one was a pick six. And look, the interceptions could have been worse. Like, one got tipped. The first one got tipped off of a receiver's hands. Uh, the decision was questionable. It's definitely a tight window, but not a terrible throw. Number two was tipped up the line of scrimmage. I just felt bad for him on that one. His third interception was his worst when he was trying to throw the ball up and over Trevon Diggs, uh, the Cowboys' um, you know, star at this point, corner. He's got nine interceptions on the year. And the throw needed to be perfect. It wasn't. He left it too far uh, shallow. So Trayvon Diggs grabbed it and picked it off. Kind of that's just a great play, too. Like, I don't know that that's entirely... The ball shouldn't get thrown there, really. But that's just a great play by Trevon Diggs. Uh, the pick six, I just felt bad for... Again, I felt like multiple times I felt bad for Jason Hill in this game because, like, on the pick six, the Cowboys defensive end, Carlos Watkins, just grabbed it out of the air, runs for a touchdown, gave the Cowboys a 27-10 to 10 lead at the time. And, like, that's, like, again, the interceptions could have been way worse. It's I'm not even fixated on those. Like, that's a bad number to have represented in front of your, your stat sheet. But the reality was, like, aside from a long touchdown at the end where he didn't do any work, the numbers were terrible. And... He wasn't accurate. He wasn't decision making wasn't good enough in my opinion. Like I don't I like him as a person and I'm glad he got paid a lot of money cuz I I like seeing guys take care of their family but I don't know. I you know with less than 3 minutes left the Cowboys led 27 to 10 and the Saints again they got a wild long touchdown by Deontay Harris where he grabbed a 5-yard crossing route, you know, made a bunch of defenders miss, ran for a 70-yard touchdown, but that's a that's 65 yards after the catch. That's not Taysom Hill making a great play. Taysom Hill is just lucky. Hey, I got a touchdown and 70 more yards added to my stats. Uh, that touchdown was all Deontay Harris. And so overall, Taysom Hill was inaccurate and did not play very well. And I, I don't really see a reality now where he becomes the franchise quarterback of the Saints. I, I'm not opposed to that happening, but in order for that to happen, Taysom Hill would have to make a miracle, dramatic turn and become suddenly a way better quarterback overnight. And we've, it's not the first time we've seen him start a game or play in a football game. And over and over and over again, all I see from Taysom Hill, unfortunately, I, don't, I like the guy, but our shortcomings with his arm talent and his decision-making. And he's a wildcat quarterback. Like he's at his best when he's running the football. Don't love to be able to say that about my quarterback. And... Uh, I, again, I just do not see Taysom Hill and I'm not trying to like, I'm not just overreacting to one game. It's not like it's the first time I've seen this guy play. It's the first time he's made a start in a while, but we've seen Taysom Hill numerous times throughout his career. And it's always the same story. I walk away feeling underwhelmed and really the only good thing I can say, this is kind of funny. It's, I like this actually. The good thing I can say about Taysom Hill is I, I, I believe it's Fox. I'm like, 99.9% sure it's Fox, but I don't want to be wrong. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw it last night watching the game. Fox does like superhero cartoons for every quarterback where they like show them like holding a football and they got all these jacked muscles and it's like a little cool cartoon graphic for every quarterback, you know, during the pregame or during the early part of the game. And Taysom Hill is the only quarterback I've seen where the muscles are properly represented. Like the dude is jacked. Like, hey, say what you want about Taysom Hill. That guy gets after it 
in the weight room. Like his, he's just, his biceps are massive. It makes me feel bad about myself. I'm like, I, okay, I got to get on a diet. Got to eat hard boiled eggs. I got to change what I'm doing. I'm like, dude, Taysom Hill is putting everyone to shame. His arms are massive. And it's just, he's not flexing. You're just like that, that dude. I, I, sorry. I, I hate to fixate on that, but like, I'm trying to say one good thing about Taysom Hill. And it's that like his cartoon Accurate representation. Matthew Stafford is not that buff. Like, I watch all the time, like, yeah, Jimmy G's arms aren't that big. But Taysom Hill, his arms really are that big. And, hey, I found one good positive thing to say about Taysom Hill. Um, now, Dallas. The Cowboys are now 8-4. and four, And this was a big win. They lost three of the four games they played in the entire month of November. So this felt like Dallas getting back on track. And, you know, defensive end Demarcus Lawrence is back. He missed 10 games uh, in a row. You got to give a shout out to rookie linebacker Micah Parsons for Dallas. I mean, he is amazing. I, he, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I need to like really do some research and figure out like what other rookies have been killing it on defense. But do we all agree that Micah Parsons is the defensive player of the year? Like, I'm curious. I want feedback, like genuinely, because I, I think he is. And I, I want what other rookies are doing great and, and are any rookies doing better? Then Micah Parsons, like I, every week I watch Micah Parsons and maybe it's because I watch a lot of Cowboys football because they're in primetime all the time. But dude has 10 sacks this year. He's flying all over the football field. He's getting pressure like in that Thanksgiving game. He got pressure over and over on Derek Carr. And I just I, I want to put this question out there to the world. Like Micah Parsons is the defensive rookie of the year, right? Like, do you agree? I'm, I'm curious. I want feedback there. Uh, the Cowboys won without their head coach, Mike McCarthy. He missed the game due to uh, the Rona protocols. I'm not going to... If I actually say the word, I get demonetized. I'm like, I'm not going to say the word. You know what I mean when I say the Rona. Now, um, the Cowboys play Washington two times in the next three games, really in the next three weeks. They play Washington on December 12th and then again on December 26th with a Giants game in the middle of them, you know, sandwiched in between. And Washington... You know, they're five, five, five and six. I think they're five and six. I believe so. Uh, you know, I, I know they have five wins and Dallas has eight. Whatever that means for Washington. Washington has five wins. Dallas has eight. And if Dallas can win both of those games, December 12th and December 26th against Washington, then they more than likely clinch that division. And Washington is the only team in the NFC East, who can challenge them for the division title. Now, Washington is playing great football right now, and I don't want that to be swept under the rug. Like, they are, I think, in a position to really challenge Dallas. Uh, they run the ball well. They control the ball a ton. That's always dangerous. Like, Washington is a tough team to beat, even if they don't have a great record. They just are playing fantastic football right now. And I'm actually really hoping we get an amazing finish in the NFC East with a competitive, healthy battle between Washington and Dallas. But Obviously, Dallas is the favorite to win that division. They're playing fantastic football. And uh, I think the Cowboys are in a great spot right now because they seem to be getting healthy. And at this point of the year, it's all about fine-tuning and fixing the little things that have gone wrong throughout the year and watching film and diving into what stuff can we do better. And every game is an opportunity to get a little bit better. And the goal is to be your very best when the playoffs come around after uh by the end of the season so I think Dallas has a great shot to do that I feel like they're they're really this is a great win for them to build momentum and clean up little stuff and even like losing three of four games in November all you can really do is look at that and go hey we weren't at full strength we were missing Demarcus Lawrence we were had little injuries here and there we're missing our top receivers but what we can do is watch the film and say 
how can we clean up what went wrong in those three losses in November so we don't have those problems in the playoffs? It's actually, in a weird way, kind of a um, a beneficial stretch of games for them because they're fine. They're eight and four. They're not going anywhere. Uh, they might get affected in playoff seating, but they're not going to be the number one seed in the NFC at this point anyway. So they're going to play a wild card game. You'd like to have home field advantage, but I don't know. I feel really good about Dallas. I just, the one thing I want to say is keep your eye on that battle with Washington because Washington is playing really good football. They're behind, but I, I, I'm very excited for these couple games against Washington in three out of four weeks. I think Dallas will win. They got a better quarterback. They've got an amazing roster. Like why Dallas is really good. And so I, I think they're going to end up coming out on top against Washington. But what I'm praying for as a, really like a nonpartisan. I don't really care. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm not a Washington fan. I don't have a favorite team in the NFL. I want interesting, fun matchups. And I'm really hoping that Washington can get some gumption and challenge the Dallas Cowboys because that would be fantastic for uh, the finish this year in the NFC East. All right. Um, I'm going to take a short break. Got a lot of good stuff up ahead. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. I will be right back. All right, we are back. Um, a long break turned into about a day and a half. It's better, you know, I, I literally, when I recorded the beginning segment of this episode, it was Thursday evening, my time in Hawaii. 6 a.m. roughly was when I put out the YouTube breakout of uh, the Cowboys Saints game. And that was the first part of this episode. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll do the rest uh, tomorrow. And I thought I'd go to bed and wake up and work on it and... The break was a lot longer than I intended. I've got some... Bad news is the wrong way to put it. And and I think people that pay attention really, really closely and, like, hang on to every word I say, because I know I I listen to a couple podcasts where I hear every little thing, and I'm like, I'm always thinking, like, ooh, maybe that's a teaser for this or that. And I I leave a couple breadcrumbs out there here and there. So you may know what I'm talking about when I say I've got a really big project I've been working on and it's sitting behind me on my computer. I'm editing it, and it's just, it's not done. And and I, I it may not be done. I don't know when it's going to be done. It may, hopefully it'll be done later, like Saturday, Sunday. I don't know. Um, but it's, and what sucks is I've been working on this thing for like weeks. And it's been not, it's not like I've been doing every day, three weeks, this one thing. I've been doing the full show and in the background trying, you know, compiling stuff and working on it and trying to make a cool thing that I'm excited about. I'm trying not to say what it is. And I'm like, I'm realizing it's going to be like six and a half minutes. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, like weeks and weeks of work for like a six and a half minute video. And I'm like, dang it. And I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, so I, I apologize. I, I just wanted to address it. Cause this is going to be like a, a massive, this will probably be, Maybe the shortest episode I've ever done of Strong Opinion Sports. I certainly hope not. But if it is, and if it feels like there's something missing, it's because there is. You know, there was supposed to be a, like a, a cool, it would have been like six minutes, but it would have been a really cool thing I've been working on uh, for this episode, and it's not here. And I, I don't, maybe you feel like there's nothing missing. I wanted to tell you guys, though, because I, I feel deep sadness. I work really hard, and I, I don't know if it seems like that, but I, like, there's like massive bags under my eyes and I'm, I'm getting after it. And I'm, ah, I really thought that when I recorded the first part of this episode, I would have this fun segment done and I've been editing it and editing it. And 
editing is not it's, it's it's not like I screwed up. It's just that this type of video takes like way more work than anything else I do. So um I apologize. There's a cool thing coming. I guess this whole thing was for me to complain, tell you that I'm sad, and uh, let you know that there's something very, very cool. I think it's cool coming. I'll say what it is. It's a film analysis video, and I love doing them, and I, I've got a different angle than I normally do. Uh, it's a – normally my film analysis videos are breaking down one type of quarterback. And today, uh, what would have been today? Maybe I'll finish it. You know, it's very early. It's it's three fifty seven in the morning on Saturday morning. And this was supposed to come out Friday, so I'm, I'm just getting it done now. Um, but you should know. Hopefully, I finish it today. I got a very different type of film analysis I'm putting out that I I hope people love. I, it's terrifying to work this hard on something, and I mean there literally may be like three thousand people that watch it, which is like. So discouraging, uh, but if for anyone who cares, there's something really cool coming. Sorry, I, I feel like I've now spent four minutes talking about something that, you're, like, I'm not even putting out yet. So let me let's shift gears to this. Um, we've reached NFL Week 13. There are one, two, three, seven games that I am very, very excited to watch this weekend. Honestly, it's not the most full weekend of great matchups, like. The Rams play a bad team. I think they're playing the Jaguars. Um, the Cardinals play a weak team. Like there, a lot of teams. I'm like, man, I, I wanted a big matchup, and we're not getting a lot of matchups of great teams. Which anything could happen. Imagine if the Jaguars. I, I think it's Jaguars Rams. Imagine if the Jaguars did beat the Rams. That would be, man, it'd be horrible for the Rams. Uh, but there are seven games I want to talk about. Number one is this: the LA Chargers hit the road. They are going to my favorite city in the lower 48. Cincinnati, Ohio to play the Cincinnati Bengals. I hope they get some Skyline Chili. I don't really know what else to say about this game other than it's it's two really good teams that are trying to make changes to their organization. Newer coaches, newer quarterbacks, both in their second year. Justin Herbert on one side, Joe Burrow on the other. Two guys who were picked at the top of the draft last year, both in their second year. Both are amazing quarterbacks. And I have really high hopes for this game. And, and look, the Chargers are a team that I think is a dark horse Super Bowl team. Cincinnati is maybe a playoff team, and they're trying to. They are trying to push through and you know really turn their franchise around. And I've been amazed with what they've done. I'm very excited to watch Justin Herbert against the Bengals defense. And uh, I think this game could be a very special, very fun, hopefully close and exciting between L.A., and Cincinnati. Game number two, the Giants play at Miami, the New York Giants. Uh, and what I, I'm sorry to say this, but I don't really care about anything to do with New York in this game. I just want to watch Tua. Tua is the Dolphins' young quarterback. He is in his second year. He's been like improving every game, building on the last performance. And I'm, I'm curious to see how he's going to play. Miami's won four games in a row, they started one and seven. Now they are five and seven. That's what four plus one is. Yep. So they're now, <laughs> now they are, they're five and seven. They're really, they're trying to turn their season around. And I am very, very interested to see how will Tua do in this game. He's got to, I love the guy. Everyone knows that. It's no secret. But Tua has to 
continue his upward trajectory because not a lot of people have a lot of patience for Tua simply because his, his physical makeup, he's smaller and has a weaker arm. And I compare him to Drew Brees a lot. Remember, Drew Brees, who had a similar build, did not stay with his first team. The Chargers gave up on him, weren't willing to wait for him to develop. Tua's got to keep developing or else Miami is going to give up on him. And I wouldn't give up on him, but if Miami, if he has like a downturn for the end of the year, I wouldn't blame Miami for moving on. I'd say I'm excited to see where Tua goes. I'm going to root for him. I love him. And I hope he does have a Drew Brees style trajectory to his career where it's a rough start, gets hurt maybe, and then can turn things around. But Tua, just it's imperative for him to continue the upward trajectory. And if he has a nosedive at the end of the year here, I will not blame Miami at all for moving on from him. I want to make that clear. People think I'm a fanboy. I'm very fair. And if Tua doesn't keep getting better, I got no problem with Miami moving on from him. Game number three, Washington at the Raiders. Washington is playing amazing football right now. Washington is dominating time of possession. Like they're literally holding on to the ball for like three fourths of an entire football game. They're running the ball really well. Taylor Heineke, their quarterback, is avoiding turnovers. I just want to see if that can continue. I don't really have much more to say than that, but can Washington keep it going? They're playing really good football, and they're, they're trying and fighting really hard to stay in the playoff picture. Number four, you got the Ravens at Pittsburgh at the, against the Steelers. That can't be possible. Hold on. I need to, I need to research something because... No! Oh, I'm wrong. I'm so... I, okay, I got confused because my buddy Devin Engel is in, he lives in LA and he's been talking about Pittsburgh all week. And I'm like, I was like, why, why would the Steelers be in LA? But then I remembered, no, 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 Devin went to Pittsburgh. So my buddy Devin Engel's in Pittsburgh watching the game. So yeah, the Ravens are at Pittsburgh this week. It's an AFC North division battle. It's going to be amazing. Devin, I hope you have a ton of fun. You listen to the show. Love you, dude. Hope you're out doing great. And um, I, I don't have much more to say other than I think that could be a very compelling game. For none other than the fact that it's an AFC North divisional battle. That's always fun. Uh, I want to see how Lamar does. And, man, I thought the Steelers were rolling for a while. Big Ben had a bad game last weekend. Can he bounce back? And the Ravens are 8-3. and three. The Steelers are 5-5-1. Five, five and one. That, that tie is so funny. Uh, so I, I'm really... It, it's a very important game for Pittsburgh. And I, I want to see them do well. I think that would be... I, you guys know me. I like chaos. I like when... The closer margins can be, the better. And I, I frankly, I think I might be rooting for Pittsburgh here. Not because I hate Baltimore, just because I want to see it close and tense and chaotic in the AFC North. Game number five, you got the 49ers at Seattle. That's going to be very interesting. It's uh, a decent 49ers team against a bad Seattle team. The Seahawks are trying to recover from losing on Monday Night Football. They're 3-8. and eight. And, I, man, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you other than... These divisional battles, we're seeing a lot of them. Ravens, Steelers, uh, now we got Seahawks, 49ers. These battles, but especially the NFC West. Out West, it's crazy. They, It's always interesting. Like Seattle, I, I think we'll find a way to make this game close. They probably won't win. But just knowing Seattle, I, it seems like they're... And knowing how the West works, it's always weird and tense. Even when the Cardinals were terrible for years, or even the Rams for years, they, the Rams always find a way to compete. The Cardinals would always find a way to compete, even in their bad down years. So I, I think this game could be close and fun. I think the 49ers win, but uh, do not sleep on Seattle. They will be competitive. I, I hope and I believe 
on Sunday. On Sunday night football, you got the Broncos at Kansas City. It's a primetime game. I don't I don't really care. I, I think Kansas City, I'd be shocked if Kansas City didn't win and win comfortably. And then on Monday night football, this is the game of the weekend. So the, the two biggest games, we got Chargers at Bengals, I'm hoping is going to be amazing. This game, though, Patriots at Bills in Buffalo, hopefully in the snow. That's going to be one for, like, it's going to be one of the best games of the year. I'm, I'm really hoping. It's going to be, it's so exciting. It's so interesting. And Monday night hasn't had a lot of great games recently. And uh, this will be the biggest, maybe, Monday night football game of the entire year. So I am very, very excited. Pray for snow. Mac Jones, Josh Allen, and two teams fighting for Again, this is another divisional battle. This week is the week of divisional battles and then L.A. and Cincinnati. And I'm very excited for that. The bye weeks this weekend, Cleveland's got a bye week. Green Bay's got a bye week. The Titans have a bye week. And Carolina has a week off. But I'm telling you, that Patriots-Bills game, I, I oh man, I, I think that the reign of terror is coming back. You know, the Bills won the division last year. Bill Belichick got a bunch of free agents, got a new quarterback, a young rookie, Mac Jones, and he's like, I am not losing the division to Buffalo again. So I am very, very excited for hopefully the drama that will play out in Buffalo on Monday. Okay, I want to shift to, uh, well, let me first, before we, I, I don't want to, I would hate to end the show and not even mention this at all. So I don't, I don't know what to do with this information. I don't even, like I, you know, my pride has to acknowledge that I, I'm not my, – my pride and also just like I have to be honest. I'm not a basketball guy. I don't – I love basketball. I love watching basketball. I don't know how to break down a game as well as I would like to. I just don't um, – I, I, that's honest. I mean I, I, I cover basketball when I can occasionally. Uh, I, I'm greatly interested in basketball. I think it's a fun sport to cover. My audience hates when I cover basketball, so that's that's fair. I mean, I, I I know my limitations. I'm not the smartest basketball guy in the world. I just think it's a fun sport to cover. Period. Like I know Formula One way better than basketball, and I I grew up playing basketball and following basketball. I didn't grow up with Formula One, but I, I'm more passionate about it. I know it better, and I care about it more. But I want I say all that to tell you this: on Thursday, December second, the Memphis Grizzlies beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. 152 to 79. That is the biggest blowout in NBA history. They beat OKC. The Grizzlies beat OKC by 73 points. And I don't, I, I don't know what to do with that information. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not. I, I can't be like, well, the, the, the these these stats and these stats and I, I I can't. I'm I'm I don't know what to tell you. I just know that that's crazy and worth acknowledging. Uh, and. I, I recommend if you if you like go I bet he I would bet so there's a great YouTuber called Heat Check I would let me let me let me look it up I, I want to be able to recommend this video if Heat Check made one I hope so because I love Heat Check he makes really great YouTube videos about the NBA and I again I I'm not the guy to turn to but if you want to hear more about this game let me check this real quick Heat Check YouTube channel I, I love this guy did he make a video about it yet if he hasn't he should. There's a new hero in Memphis. I don't. I don't think you did. Heat check, you're screwing up. So, uh, uh, first of all, go check out the Heat Check YouTube channel. It's phenomenal. They didn't ask me to. They're not a sponsor. Come on. I just love them. Um, but if you want more information on the 
Grizzlies blowout of Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm sure there's great content about it on YouTube somewhere. I'm not the person to go to for that, but I want to acknowledge it happened because an NBA team beat another NBA team by 73 points. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's unbelievable. I guess, I guess it's believable because it did happen. I don't, It's ridiculous, though. It, it shouldn't happen. Okay, I want to end the show this way today. I told you it's going to be a very, very, very short episode. Two things I want to say. So let me let me just riff on something real quick. I I try to listen back to what I said about the Vikings last week, and I, I thought maybe like ah I'll make a follow up video and I'll play like what Kirk Cousins you know what I said about Kirk and I I, I said it I, I was bored listening to it. I'm like I won't make great content, but I want to clarify something in case anyone missed what I'm saying about Kirk Cousins last week. I thought Kirk had a, a game where unfortunately one key mistake cost him a victory. That doesn't mean you throw Kirk in, in a well and forget about him and say he's a terrible quarterback. Like I, The Vikings are going to stick with him. I think they should stick with him. I like Kirk Cousins. And in case anyone thought I was trying I was trying to say or that I, I felt that Kirk was a bad quarterback or something, I don't feel that way at all. Kirk Cousins is not the best quarterback in the NFL. I say, I've said it like every week, I feel like. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Tom Brady, right? He, he's just, he's fine. He's definitely a franchise quarterback is definitely a starting caliber quarterback he can definitely win games and I just because just because you're not the best in your field doesn't mean you're useless either and I I like Kirk I thought Kirk had a really bad interception against the 49ers that I don't know how he didn't see a linebacker there I think it's terrible but um I wouldn't throw a Kirk in the trash and I I don't I think people thought I was saying that and I'm I don't feel that way about Kirk Cousins at all go listen to what I said about him two weeks ago when he was like, he had 21 touchdowns and two interceptions at the time. And I was like, amazing, like super underrated. And he is underrated. Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins are the two most underrated quarterbacks in the entire NFL. So I've said it, I'll let you know. And uh, I like Kirk and I wasn't trying to hate on Kirk at all. By the way, Kirk Cousins is an all-time difficult name to say. I hate his family. I don't know why they, I don't know why they, they could have named him Ben Kirk or Ben, Ben Cousins. Easy. Ben, ben Kirk is, uh, just sounds like Dunkirk, um, which is, I think is a place, also a movie title. You know, it could have been Ben Cousins. It could have been Jacob Cousins. would have been great. Vikings quarterback Jacob Cousins. Instead, it's Kirk. And you're never sure, is it Kurt or Kirk? But you have to be very clear. There's a second K. It's Kirk. It's not Kurt. It's Kirk. And it's like, I don't, it's, it's, a, it's an irritating name to have to say a lot in a row. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the Colts. Uh, I'm, I've been watching Colts Hard Knocks, and uh, I watched Colts Hard Knocks episode three. It's uh, basically like tells the story of the week of Thanksgiving and of the Colts playing against Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. You know, the greatest quarterback ever to live. Uh, I, I Frank Reich said it, not me. I, I gotta say, first of all, a couple things I, I want to say about this episode, and I, I don't know that Hard Knocks like. I feel like the Colts have so many things already they're trying to fight against to make the playoffs. They don't need to also be dealing with hard knocks every week, but they have to, and it kind of sucks. I feel bad for the Colts. Although it seems like they're handling it very well. Like, watching the Colts locker room, I love this team. Like, I love the camaraderie the Colts have. There's no, like, diva. There's no one guy who wants all the attention. They're just a bunch of dudes who do their job and like each other and work hard. And I don't know how you can't look at what the Colts are this year. I feel like they've underachieved, and that's sad. But uh, every every year, so next year the Colts are going to be a different team because every year 
no matter what you do, you're going to be slightly different than you were last year. And the chemistry is slightly different, and the locker room's not quite the same. This Colts team this year, it's just awesome. Like, they're just good dudes that I like, and uh, I'm sad they're not winning more. because and, and I think they still could win a lot. I They're 6-6. Six and six. The year isn't over, but... Um, I just, if I had, like, if I had to pick two teams, like, someone said, hey, Zach, gun to your head, what two teams are you a fan of in the NFL? I'd say Carolina and Indianapolis. Of course, I'm a fan of two bad teams. I, you know, I had to pick, but I like the people there. I like Matt Rule. I like Frank Reich. I like Carson Wentz. I, I like what's going down. I like the owners of both teams. Now, the owner in Indy is a little bit crazy, but he cares. He loves his players. Jim Mersey, I can get on board with that. Like, he wants to win. He gives them whatever he can, and. Um, I don't know. I, I like this Colts team. It was cool seeing uh, Jonathan Taylor win the Nickelodeon MVP. Had a lot of gratitude. He talked about he. Let me be clear. He had a lot of gratitude. He talked about how, like, when you're a kid, you you watch people getting slimed, and you always wonder what the consistency is like. And you can, I think, make your own slime at home, but it's not the same. Like when Nickelodeon sends you slime, you got slime, and that's pretty cool. And he got to feel that and. Instead of being angry, he got slimed. He was, he was like kind of sharing how this game will take you places you could only imagine. And I, I, you, I feel like we got a, a look into the heart of Jonathan Taylor and how appreciative he is of what he's, you know, what football's given him. He's worked really hard for everything he's gotten, but it's also pretty cool. Like when you see stuff from your childhood and you're like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm doing that now. I remember. Uh, my, one of my personal moments was I, I got to work on college game day. It worked for ESPN's college game day in Pullman, Washington. And I remember being on set uh, behind a camera and I was like, man, like this is really it. Uh, the crowd was crazy. And uh, Kirk Herbstreit was right there. And I'm like, man, like, yeah, I'm really, I didn't make it, but like, this is pretty freaking sweet. I loved it. That was very fun for me. Uh, so I got, I, I, I had a, I, I think that the way I felt in that moment where you're like, man, I thought about this when I was a kid. I'm sure that's how Jonathan Taylor felt in that moment. And I always want to say Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That's the old actor. I forget what movie he was in, but he was in something big. I think he was also Simba in Lion King. But uh, that's so off the beaten path. I don't think you guys care about that. Uh, I, I like, by the way, Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator, gives out these Hawk shirts. So if you get a turnover or uh, you force a turnover, or I'm sorry, the word is getting a takeaway. If you get a takeaway... On defense, the Colts defensive coordinator will give you like this hawk shirt you can wear, and that's awesome. Like, I I I think when you get a turnover, I would hope in games guys are like, I'm getting a hawk shirt, yeah! Like they get excited about that because that's something. When coaches do stuff like that, it makes it into an event, and I love that. Um, Kenny Moore is cool, plays uh, in the secondary for the Colts, and I had no idea they they told the story about him and this kid named Mason who had cancer and had because Mason is no longer with us. And it was very sad. It made me, I, I was like, I didn't cry, but I was right there. I was so close because you hear him talk about him and the family talk about him. It's sad when kids die. It's just horribly sad. Um, and I, Oh man, it hurts my heart to hear about that stuff. And uh, it was cool. Like he, his family came to Thanksgiving game and they all went to their house for Thanksgiving together and at dinner. And it's just awesome. I really, I and even like the way that Tom Brady talks to Kenny Moore, you know, Tom Brady in the middle of the game was like, "You're doing well." Then after the game, he comes and says, "Hey, you're putting together a great career." You know it, but I see it on film. And 
like Tom Brady legit likes Kenny Moore, which is pretty cool. And I, I did wonder when you say that mid game during a TV timeout, is it because it's your only chance to talk to him or, or does Tom Brady, if I'm Tom Brady and I know like the, the, the genesis qua, what's the word, the essence or the, the, the weight with everything I do affects people in the NFL because I, I'm revered. If I'm, if I was Tom Brady, I would, I would be aware you have to be humble, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm friggin' Tom Brady. And I would say stuff all the time to psych someone out. I'd be like, bro, you're killing it. And maybe that helps inflate his ego. Maybe it throws him off. I don't know. I don't, I, that's just a, like a weird thought I had. Like, is Tom Brady trying to throw him off? I don't think so. Cause Tom, it's like the only, you may not get another chance to talk to the guy and you want to say something when you can during a TV timeout. And I mean, they didn't really throw the ball to Kenny Moore's side, like the entire game. So I, he, he I, Brady recognized that. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and is there any, I think the final thought I had watching this, I, I had a, a thought about the Colts period. First of all, I love the throwback uniforms. They're amazing. But I, I fear that when you put a game solely in Carson Wentz's hands, they're like, Hey Carson, we need you to throw to win this game. I fear that you can't trust him. I don't know that this is like the first time all year in Indy where we've seen the Colts say, we're not going to be able to run the ball very well. And kind of, kind of, I'm not saying abandon it, but they, they weren't trying to run. I mean, they really were like Vita Vea, this Buccaneers defense, the scheme, they're, they're playing to stop the run. They're also really good anyway when they don't, when they don't line up just simply trying to stop the run. Uh, and, and as a result, they were like really leaning heavily on Carson Wentz to win the ball, throwing the football. He had three turnovers. Now, one was on a fumble. He got hit like it's rough. And one was on a Hail Mary at the end of the game. But uh, they did come up short. Didn't make me feel great about Carson Wentz. And I I don't know how to how to find peace with that. I'm not sure. But I uh I felt a lot of and I was reminded of that watching Hard Knocks. I was like, hmm. Carson Wentz was not sharp as he needed to be against Tampa. And I, I'm just very, very interested. I I can't tell you enough how much I am rooting for the Colts. I want them to make the playoffs so badly. I was all excited for Carolina. They, man, they're, they're, that's like a, I had a car a long time ago when I was a kid. I got it for free from a drug dealer. Yeah. The doors didn't lock and the muffler was dead. Like it sounded when you, you heard it before you saw it, that car, it was this awful black Jetta, just a piece of donkey, donkey. Uh, what's the word that I, I don't want to cuss donkey crap. It was horrible. Uh, I need to find a cool that say that like donkey I need to like hobgoblin is my new insult, by the way. So instead of saying like you, you're a stupid bleep. I'm like, you're a stupid hobgoblin. That's a fun, that's a fun PG way to cuss that I like. Haven't figured out how to say like donkey manure, donkey manure. There we go. That, that car was a piece of donkey manure. And I remember when that car died, it was dead. And I feel like the, the Carolina Panther season died the way my old black Jetta died. The AC didn't work. We called it the Inferno because in the summer you, the windows didn't roll down and the AC didn't work. It was just, it was torture. So it was so hot. Um, and so with, with the Carolina Panthers year basically dying the way my old car did, uh, the Colts are all I got left. I'm, I'm hoping the Colts do well. And I, I've never been a fan before. So I, you know, I, I've never allowed myself to care about one team solely. I think I might be starting to allow myself to care about the Colts. And that's scary. It's like, oh, oh no, Zach. 
I have commitment issues to football teams. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to get my heart inside on them making the playoffs, but I already, I can't control it. I already really want the Colts to make the playoffs. And if they don't, I will be sad. And I got goosebumps saying that that's, I understand your pain. You fans out there, you poor people, you poor Browns fans, you poor Bears fans, Jets fans, Giants fans, Eagles fans. I'm so sorry, you guys. I, I have this terrible feeling that the team I want to win is not going to win. And it's not fun. Um, Okay, with that, I don't have anything else to say. The The Ducks lost to Utah. I feel like I should talk about that when I talk about the rest of the college football games. Today is exciting. We got, you know, Michigan, Iowa, Georgia, Alabama is going to be amazing. Oklahoma State versus Baylor. Um, we'll see if, I would imagine Cincinnati beats Houston. It'd be crazy if they didn't. Uh, I'm not going to watch the Cincinnati game. I'll just, it'll only be noteworthy if they lose. And then it'll be like, oh, they lost. Oh, they're out. Ha, that sucks. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch Houston Cincinnati. I'm just gonna tell you right now. Um, more there's only so many games I can watch. That one's off the board. Um, but the little I will say about or- Oregon, man, you guys you get so cocky and they talk and they chirp and I hate to say it, I felt great pleasure when I saw that they lost. I was like, ha 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 ha. I was gonna watch that game too. I was like, I was like, I might watch this. And I remember I, I think I, I doing something. I was like. I think I was actually working on film. I was working on film analysis. And I remember I was like, oh my, because I actually thought the game was on Saturday. And so I, I missed it with it because it was on Friday. And I was like, oh, they they not only did they lost, the Utah Utes dominated Oregon again. Like, ah! <laughs> you overrated hobgoblins. There we go. Full it comes full circle. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, and I hope you have a great day. But um, bam, we are done.